2012 has been an awesome year of sold-out Smodco tours at home and abroad. Hell, we even bothered to document the occasion with a brand spanking new DVD. One that we hope you'll spank to anyway. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Teabagging in the UK. London, Manchester, Edinburgh. Holy fuck, I pronounced it right. Three nights, two DVDs, one fuck ton of awesome. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Teabagging in the UK. Available on DVD. Now, bitches. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. What are you, are you recording uh, Phoebe, Four Eyes and a Beard? Yes, we are recording Phoebe. Scott, say hello. What? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be able to yeah, hear you. Yeah, I can't hear you. You're way too far away. I can't. Uh, I, can't I can't hear that. Hi, uh, Chris Hardwick. Uh, there he is. No, I just sort of hear it. I heard it just sounded like... That's what he sounds like through his beard. That's actually... That's my new persona. <laughs> uh, he doesn't say words. Well, thanks. Uh, we have you on because thank you for letting us know how the equipment works. <laughs> yes, no worries. No worries. Uh, I, just, I hope because you're using the equipment at the studio that we normally work at, that you're, this is the, those, old, uh, those old CD players don't finally crash. Well, listen, if they do, uh, I'm recording back up onto my computer for the first time ever. So. For you. <laughs> so we can maybe try that with Nerdist. Uh, what, what topics are on tap today for Phoebe? Uh, today we're gonna talk about food. It's gonna be a food feed. Okay, good. So you know, should be good. Maybe we'll get four or five thousand downloads. Who knows? You realize that as long as you have that podcast, that Scott can never shave his beard. He can shave his beard because he can grow it in a day. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, just, yeah. No, go ahead. It, otherwise, <laughs> if you put in contact and he shaves his beard, then he'll just be like two eyes and a face. <laughs> Uh, two eyes and face. Yeah, I got it. Teeth. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Teeth sounds like an organic uh, tea, iced tea drink. Yeah, yeah I think Tazo makes that, right? Yeah, teeth. Tazo teeth. Well, you're, thank you for being our official first cameo, Chris Hardwick. Thank you, thank you. It was an honor, and uh, I'm glad that uh, I hope that uh, you, the microphones are able to pick it up, and uh, and I look forward to hearing myself in the first part of this episode, and then probably turning it off because I'm not interested. In That's fair. Me. No, I understand. Yeah. I, I totally good, understand. Good. Thanks for making the show funny <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Talk to you later. Bye. So the show's officially started. Yeah, we're doing again. it. You want to put those headphones on? You can hear yourself. Once, once again, no, I can't. Really? I hear. Once again, I hear you. I hear space. Uh, turn it up or down or something. Hello, hello. Is there another? I don't know. Do you want to be this far apart from each other? Not really. I don't know. I can't hear you. You wow. can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, I don't think we have any choice. Welcome we? to Phoebe. Where's he going? Oh, he's going to the other one. You got it? You got it? You got anything? Can you hear me from here? Yeah, I can hear you from there. Can you hear me from here? That's usually my microphone. Do you hear yourself? No. Let me see. Throw me the end of your thing. And I'll plug you in over here. Where's the... uh, Where's the... There is none. The adapter. There you go. Do you hear yourself now? I can hear you, yeah. You're perfect. I can hear me too. Wow. Do you feel this this is the first legitimate feeling episode we've ever done? This is actually too legitimate. Yeah. This is more legitimate than than you ever wanted most it to be. Stuff that I've ever done. Is this better or let's say fancier looking than the setup at Kev's house? Uh I feel like he's probably got it pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same. There's a little bit more um gear in here. Yeah. Well, because right there is where uh, Nick sits. Nick is the guy for Seacrest that will uh, pull all the clips. <laughs> I've done that before. Don't worry about that. Uh, Scott just uh, tried to adjust the, <laughs> the microphone 
for some weird reason, he thought that would be a good way to adjust it, and uh, he just essentially broke the mount off of the cable. Uh, I literally am going to get a bill from Ryan <laughs> Uh Wow, this is... Uh, it's been a while. We did... Uh, let's see. Full disclosure. Last Tuesday, Scott and I got together and recorded a Phoebe that no one will ever hear because it turns out we didn't actually record a Phoebe. So exactly, <laughs> and because you were being really controversial, I was being really ornery, and then I had weird views about uh, Down syndrome. It was just, it was weird. <laughs> I mean, it was normal, but it was weird. <laughs> it was weird to actually. It was weird that it. I was doing it while we were recording an yeah. episode. And you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. This is great. This is so weird. We're so far away from each other. Yeah, yet so close with the headphones on. Yeah, it's only like the second time we've used headphones. The time delay. There's like a, there's like probably the a millisecond of time delay. You can perceive that. That's amazing. Oh, I that's can't. That's my superpower. That's <laughs> by far the most useless superpower. <laughs> this to audio is not synced. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to time to to determine minuscule time delays based on distance. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Tuesday we recorded an episode and uh, nothing happened with it. So now we're re-recording. So this is uh, Phoebe. Long break. Scott's tired was the last episode you heard in which Scott fell asleep on my couch. Uh, I didn't actually fall asleep. Right. But I the, was on the verge of falling asleep. The internet assumes that you did. Yes. And that's why we haven't recorded yet. You have not woken I've up. I've been asleep on your couch <laughs> for the last 12 weeks. <laughs> you've, you've bed sores. You've shit all over my couch. I did. <laughs> and then I woke up. Yeah. Well, Welcome. And uh, I clean myself off. It's uh, oh, I didn't clean your couch. In case you're wondering, today is Sunday. Normally, the day that uh, Jesus, Jesus, people pray to Jesus. People pray to Jesus. And uh, did you ever go to church? Yeah, I did. Are you Catholic? Yeah, I was. You were? Yeah. You, Not anymore. You quit? I I, I just let's say I, backed away. I fell out of love with Catholicism. Yeah, you know. Did you fall out of love, or you're aggressively like, oh fuck that, or did you, were you more just like? One day you woke up and you're like, I don't want to, I just probably will never think about it again. Yeah, it was kind of that. Although, like, when I was uh, in confirmation, when you get confirmed, which is essentially the bar mitzvah, but for Catholics. Catholic bar mitzvah. Yeah. Uh, you become an adult in the eyes of the church. The uh, You pick a name. That's your confirmation name. Like so, another name? Yeah, like another name. So I chose Thomas because Thomas in the New Testament was the doubter. He was the one that was like, I'm not so sure about this situation. And how'd that go over? Uh, it I don't, it went over fine. I think some of them thought that maybe I just picked the name because I liked it and not really because I knew the meaning of it. Because you liked Heather Thomas? Yeah, I was really into Heather Thomas. <laughs> Who was it? I had a post. I had a Heather Thomas poster over my bed. Really? Yeah. That's a that is a prime location for a, a, a you know a young man. Yeah, when you're young, you're yeah. just like I'm too lazy to like yeah. roll over. Yeah. Although, I, yeah, that's pretty good for jerk-off position. Which is weird, because you're like... I mean, I guess it's just parents know. They're like, well, well. If we were wondering he was <laughs> that he's discovered his wee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> once the poster goes on the ceiling. Yeah, once the poster goes on the ceiling. Men are not even trying, really. Well, once, the, once like, for me, it was there was a star... I had a Star Wars poster up on my ceiling, and then that got replaced. With a girl. Yeah. And they were like, thank God. Yeah. Thank God he's not jerking off to an X-Wing fighter flying out of the Death Star anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> because they knew that you right. were. Of course. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, I just fell out of it. My dad and mom, my mom and dad are way in Catholic. They're like, still They're all deep. aboard. Yeah. They're deep into the. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't raised anything really. That's, I feel like your parents were really progressive in that way. I don't know why. I remember going to like a church for the first time, like after a friend's, I think I've told the story before, but it was after like a friend's birthday party. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it was like sleepover. And then like the next morning, like I remember everybody was splitting and they were like, do you want to go to church? And I was like, I had no idea what it was. Maybe it was fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, maybe it was you, like Chuck E. Cheese. Do you remember what re the religion was that you went to? Uh, no, they believed in God. Yeah. And uh, Satan. Yeah. But I don't remember if it was Catholic or not. Yeah. It might have been because I think afterwards, like, I literally went to Sunday school with the kid. Wow. And I was like, why? What? Like, and everyone else had sort of bailed. Like, 
Like everyone, all the other kids left. So you're just like, what do they know that I don't? <laughs> I just was like, I just had no experience, and so I kind of sat through it. The uh, I'm turning up the mics here just a little bit. Uh, yeah, when I was a kid, there was a mass. There was a particular mass that was at nine o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning. It was very early in the morning mass, but that was the mass that had donuts afterwards. So you were that was like the one. That was the one to. that you were like. Yeah. All right, I really feel like later in the day we're not going to be as close to God. <laughs> yeah, so we better or get this out of the way. And there was a weird thing donuts. too, where like you could go to church on Saturday and it would count for Sunday. It was weird. You go to like a Saturday 4 p.m. mass and then you're all set. You don't have to go on Sunday. They're just going to make it so you can go every day. Yeah. Well, they. I guess they should. They should make it so you can go to mass on your iPad. My pad, my pad, mass, mass pad, mass pad, mass, massy pad. <laughs> Someone's writing this down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and it's Sunday. Uh, Today is Sunday. So you normally would be recording podcast, but you did that Friday. I was in. I just got back from Portland this morning on like the six thirty a.m. flight. How was Portland? Portland was awesome. It was my, uh, it was kind of like, it was sort of as close to a, a homecoming. Me getting is like a homecoming. Although a lot of people didn't know I'm actually from there. So, oh, really? Yeah. I think some people do, but not a lot. Now that I was, a lot of people just assume I'm from New Jersey. Oh, really? Which I'm not. Yeah. That's weird. Not really. I guess it makes sense. I don't really talk. Yeah. That much. So, when you do talk, it sounds nothing like anyone from New Jersey. I don't. Yeah. No. no. You de- on, there's I definite def- Northwestern. Yeah. But I was born in um, Vancouver, Washington. It was just over the river from uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And I was talking, we talk about on the, I think the live show is going up today. We were talking about how like, I just like, there's this like weird, almost like they call it Vantucky. Like there's this perception of that side. It's just like, it's a little backwater. Uh, I had no concept of that till I went today. (laughs) Cause I was like, I was going there and I was on another podcast promoting it and i was like yeah i was from vancouver and they're like oh <laughs> wow like, yeah like they call it vancouver and i was like that's where all my family's from <laughs> your family sucks scott apparently they're trying to let you know that apparently we're not the apparently we're not the like apparently i'm from the wrong side of the river yeah well that's, i don't i don't you know i'm from lowell which in massachusetts is considered only oh, like that's it's not cool to be from there no yeah it is now is it i don't know maybe you're doing that maybe i'm making it maybe happen you're pulling that off crack i mean it was just, maybe there's a little kid in lowell right now is just like you know what <laughs> you can become something <laughs> <laughs> well we knew that going in because the two famous people three that i can think of uh betty davis betty davis was from lowell yep ed mcmahon ed mcmahon and jack Kerouac. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Right? That's a good three. I don't know who's from Vancouver, Washington. Scott I think there Mosher might be is. somebody. I am from, technically, from there. If you can get a signal out of this building, you will win an award for getting a signal out of this building. It's uh, just a thing I print up on my computer. It's not a real award. Um, it's a certificate. I'll still take it. <laughs> I think that I get, you know, this is another moment where um, all you iPhone users are just like, think you're better. And now I'm about to get an internet connection and show you how you're on sprint right no you're the worst <sighs> why are you what on are sprint? you on no i'm not i'm on, on verizon oh all right you got a signal yeah <sighs> but i but funny enough i do not get a signal at my own home uh man famous what do you t- what do you type in for this famous vancouver washington i don't know usually they have it on like wikipedia was, yeah like wikipedia notable residents. notable residents what if i'm not there i'm not really a what resident if you though. aren't there as yeah i'm not really a resident though i know i moved when i was five i i am on the notable residents in Lowell? Lowell, yeah it's like betty davis it's a much longer Jack list Kerouac. with some far less uh notable people hold on Education, I mean, local media, sister cities, transportation, art and culture. I don't know. What's it under? Famous people? Uh, it should be under. There should be a separate section for notable residents. And there's none. Lowell, Massachusetts. I'm on Lowell's page right now. Well, I don't have. There's no. 
Lowell is a city in Middlesex County, Massachusetts. According to the 2010 census, the city's population was 106,519. Their motto is, a colorful past, a bright future. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's not very good. That is a terrible... That's literally going <laughs> like. That is a terrible... <laughs> like, if I were to... That's let's like say you had a daughter. To... Let's say you had a daughter, right? Yeah. And I... Uh, and she's like, Dad, I want you to meet my uh, boyfriend. He's got a colorful past, but a bright future. <laughs> yeah. That's not, not good. Not the way you'd want to describe something. It just makes it sound like, yeah, we did some really fucked up shit in the past. I jerked <laughs> off a couple guys for money. But, you know, it was a different time, you know? When that was okay? Yeah. Their sister city is Joyu, Japan. Oh, do you, what, does Lowell have sisters? Maybe it doesn't even have... I'm sure it does. No, it doesn't. Look at this. There's so many categories in Lowell, Massachusetts, notable people. Well, what the fuck? Where did I come from? Inventors and business founders. Francis Cabot Lowell, you know, the guy that named Lowell. I thought there was somebody famous from there. Maybe it is. I don't Look, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You're done? I'm done. Because I don't like looking at my phone. Designers and artists. Am I in others? Who's in others? I was in. Uh, I was in Portland. I'm just going to keep talking. Yeah, I'm go ahead. Go ahead. You were in Portland. I was in Portland. We did the show. It was awesome. And then um, I also stayed an extra day to uh, do one of my favorite things, which is go out to dinner. And <laughs> you stayed an extra day to go to dinner. I did. I went to Beast. Now, Beast is a place that, from the name of it, it just sounds like it's a meat. It's a place for meat. Um, I mean, it's not like it, it's not like they don't actually serve any vegetables there. Mm-hmm. That would be weird. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, there's an an it's animal centric, I guess you could say, and it only has like two sittings. Like you go out at six o'clock or eight forty-five, and it's like a prefix menu. Okay. There's only about like 22 seats or so. Oh, is it one of those places? Do you, did you get a reservation or? Yeah, I had a reservation. Like you got to do it like a, a month out or ago. something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know how long. I, you know, I actually don't know how long you have to be out. What do you think of those places that are like so small that you got to definitely get a reservation or you can't go there? Like I'm, like I'm thinking of like like animals kind of like that and animals not that bad animals pretty bad unless you want to sit at the bar you can sit at the bar usually um what do I think I mean I think if they have good food then yeah, I don't that's really care it. I mean you know what am I gonna get mad at them yeah why not I'm just like because wouldn't you be mad at the people hmm. technically if you're mad at the restaurant then you're just going like you why did you do this but at the <laughs> end of the day the only thing that's stopping you from getting a reservation is all You're the on, other people that yeah. want to go yeah all right fine. Um, anyways, there's two se- seatings. The chef is, uh, I'm going to hope I don't say her name, Naomi Pomeroy. Naomi Pomeroy. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a chef. Yeah. And you, you, there's like, there's only about 25 seats actually in the whole thing. Wow. And then they make, they, you know, the food's like prepped right there. Kind of, they make all the food at the same time. So they serve each course, which I actually have. Oh, you have the menu? I've brought the menu. That's pretty what sweet. I, what I ate last Go ahead. night. Would you like, yeah, would you yeah, like yeah. to hear it? Yeah. Feeb uh, Feeds. That's what this is called. Feeb Feeds. Feeb Feeds. Um, started with fresh Spanish white bean soup. Okay. Summer savory and fried prosciutto pickled summer chanterelles. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is just the greatest thing. And now Scott Mosier reads a menu. <laughs> and I did do the wine pairing. Which, I, what was the pairing with that? I'm never going to see a white bean. This. It was Le, probably like a. Le Gaulle Cote de Rome Blanc. Uh, I was going to guess it was a Riesling, but it was a Blanc. No, it's, it, no, no, no. Wait. Okay. Don't, you're getting too oh. eager. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping the wine pairing gun. Yeah. Um, then if we're, it was followed with a charcuterie plate. I don't even know what that is. Charcuterie? Charcuterie? What is charcuterie? Charcuterie is like um, meats, like um, salamis. Well, why not just play chicken say, liver hey, mousse. here's a plate of meat? Um, I don't know. Because maybe. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, it's, like a, it's like the equivalent of like a, you get a cheese plate or a charcuterie plate. A charcuterie is like, 
you know, pates, yeah. tartars, stuff like that. So it was a plate okay. with little multiple things. Like they're almost like medallions, like small. Who'd you go with? Did you go with someone? Because you, you can eat alone. You will do that. I will, as you know. Yeah. I, I will go eat alone. But no, my buddy from uh, Vancouver came down. Uh, Vancouver, BC. From the colorful past. Yes. Oh, no, from Vancouver, British Columbia. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. He's from, I don't know what their motto is. <laughs> bright past, bright future. Okay. Here's, and I, it's all in French. And I, so there was a foie gras bonbon. Oh, foie gras is not illegal up there? No. <sighs> Technically, you can get around it here. I hear they're getting around it where it's basically like, they just, in case anyone's wondering, they just banned foie gras, foie gras in, in California. But yeah. I guess like the way they're getting around it is like, uh, they're just like, hey, here's an amuse bouche, or like, here's a free friggin' yeah. piece of foie gras. They sort of don't charge you, or you make a donation. Oh. But it was a foie gras bonbon with a, I don't know how to say this, a sauterne gelée. Wow. Uh, there was a chicken liver mousse with a leaf lard cracker. I love chicken liver. Steak tartare with a quail egg on toast. That was good. How was the quail egg cooked? Sunny side up? It was a, I, I think it was a raw egg. Whoa. I believe it was a raw egg. You're intense. Um, There's a pork and pistachio pate that I will say was really good. Pork and pistachio. That sounds good. Uh, duck rillettes. I'm not saying any of this right. So if you know how to say this. Right in to Phoebe. Uh, right in to Phoebe and correct my. And it, so there was that. And then that was paired with a. The Hexamer Riesling from Germany. Oh, there's a Riesling. There's your Riesling. See, you were too early. Done. You need to you need to hold back. Okay. Okay. Okay, that was second. I was just guessing the wine pairing. Let me guess the next wine pairing. Go ahead. Well, guess it after you tell me what it is. Yeah. So second followed by uh, Lava Lake Lamb Leg Roast. Okay. Lava, Lava Lake is a uh, farm in Idaho. Um, with an eggplant, half-dried tomato, and sheep's cheese, T-I-A-N. Oh. Mint and pickled onion sauce verte with crispy fried baby artichokes. <laughs> <laughs> then you're probably going to get a, it's a, it's a lamb. You're going to get a nice cab with that. You're going to be red. Yeah, you're going to be red. It was a French uh, Domaine de la Tour de Bon Bondel. I'm learning about wine. I'm not like... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to keep going fast. Yeah, go, go. So we had that with the red, and then olive oil, poached Oregon, albacore, French beans, olives, and cherry tomatoes, a sumac vinaigrette, Mm. anchoade, it's like an anchovy, and toast. And that was with... that, That was with another red, I think. I think. I don't remember. I have to admit, I was full at this point. You so you're full. Third course after the third course, you were full. Fourth course is here. Fourth course is here, and I it, all of it was good, but I was just not prepared for that much okay. food. But I was enjoying it all. And then we got a selection of cheeses from Steve at Cheese Bar. Oh. A champagne poached plum, fried almonds, cardamom, shortbread, and wildflower honey. And I believe for that there was a rosé. Okay. Are you typing to somebody? No, like, I'm reading. What are you reading? I'm reading a tasting menu that I will read to you. Oh, okay. And then uh, finished with uh, a lemon verbena. God, my creme brulee with a blueberry compote and a pink peppercorn tuli. Tuli? Fuck, I can't speak. And then there was a... Uh, uh, Oh, and between, I think it was between the lamb and the the albacore, there was like a, a watermelon lime sorbet. As oh, like a palate, palate cleanser. cleanser. That's key. It was, uh, it was a pretty awesome meal. How much did that cost you? It was about, with the wine pairing, yeah. it was about 120 bucks. That is not bad. Oh. That is not bad at all. And it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> to catch up. Close friends, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. Nice, and, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, I like, I like me some food. Uh, I went to Gordon Ramsay Steak last weekend in Vegas, in Las Vegas. 
only reason I know some of this is because this we is details about, from yeah, the lost episode. The lost episode. The we, other lost episode, only this one, there's no chance of recovery. True. Uh, so the, the tasting menu at the Gordon Ramsay Steak, okay. right? You got your amuse-bouche. Yeah. Which is uh, calcannon, potato cabbage croquet, uh, croquettes rather, red wine braised cabbage. And the wine pairing there is Perrier Champagne. Huh. Right? Yeah. First course, roasted beets. Okay. House-made ricotta, emerald crystal lettuce, oyster mushroom, champagne vinaigrette, pumpernickel, swah. And the pairing there is something else. (laughs) Some sort of white wine. Uh, Then you get an asparagus soup for your second course. Is it chilled? No. Okay. Don't be stupid. Sorry. I hate chilled soups. Do you like chilled soups? Uh, I've had some I've I've had some chilled soups that are good. My uh, I've had like a, I remember having like a chilled cucumber soup that I really liked. <laughs> my, you ever had watermelon soup? Uh no, I've never had watermelon soup. I'm almost like the like there's a watermelon soup. My uh friend uh my friend's dad, he will eat almost anything and uh, once they were on a cruise and there was a bowl and he was eating the bowl and was like, this soup's cold. And it was Italian dressing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah. that was, wow. <laughs> and did he finish? Yep. He finished the bowl? Yeah. He'll eat anything? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, does he have a palate or is he just like, he just eats anything? No, I mean, he does have some sort of palate, but... I mean, if you think about it, sometimes, you know, if you got a good Italian dressing, it can taste like a cold soup, I suppose. Okay. If you like vinegar. <laughs> uh, third course is the roasted beef Wellington. Gotcha. That's the signature. That's which Gordon Ramsay's yeah, yeah, dish. From the, because you're obsessed with... Hell's uh, Kitchen, which is the greatest program and ever And he's following created. you now on He Twitter. is following me on Twitter. Has he engaged you at all? We, Has he yelled at we you? We had a little back and forth. Really? Yep. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Well, and what happened? Like he so the well, it's, it's how he started following me, and I feel like I'm telling you the story for the second time, but I'm not because no one's heard this, and maybe you didn't even. Has this happened yet? No. Oh, yeah. So he's it just happened after yeah, the, the record. That didn't happen. Okay, so here's what's happening. I was watching Hotel Hell, which yeah. is his other show on Fox. If you haven't seen that, Phoebe, Phoebe listeners, I recommend it. Hotel Hell's very good. Yeah. Very funny. Where he goes in there and yells at people about their shitty hotels. But now he yells about hotels, not just kitchens or cooking. Gotcha. But anyway, so it's a two-part episode where he's fixing up the hotel. In the second episode, he finally gets to the chef, right? And then when he gets to the chef, he's upstairs and he takes off his shirt and then he puts on his chef jacket. Okay. So I tweet out, watching Gordon Ramsay uh, put on his chef jacket on, on Hotel Hell is a lot like watching Batman suit up. Ah. For me, because it's like a superhero going down, yeah, yeah. doing put on his persona, and then go yells at people. And then Gordon Ramsay replies to that, retweets it, but replies to it. He goes, don't you, dot, dot, dot. Well, they don't even, don't you, and then there are two spaces in between don't you, and then fat man, exclamation point. So he says, don't you, fat man. And then what I'm thinking is, did Gordon Ramsay just call me fat man? I feel like he just called me fat man. Yeah. In which case, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and so I replied to him, and I go, uh, being called Fat Man by Gordon Ramsay is the highlight of my day. Uh, also, I went to Gordon Ramsay's Steak this weekend. It was great. And then I sent him a picture of the food. And then after that, he replied, uh, I was talking about me being Fat Man. Hilarious. Glad you enjoyed Gordon Ramsay's Steak. And then he started following me. How do you feel about that? And then, like, and then there were two more. He was replying to other people, but he also kept me included in the conversation. How do I feel about it? I feel like I'm close to my dream of getting him on the Nerdist podcast. Yeah, have you reached out? Uh, No, not yet. Right now, I'm going to like massage the friendship a little bit. Gotcha. You don't want to get too eager. I don't want to jump on this. I've already I've told our bookers that I want this to happen. He'd be a great guest. He would be the best guest. And I would carry that show. I would ask him about things like why does it why? seem like it's so hard to cook scallops in your kitchen? 
Is it your kitchen <laughs> or the scallops? Is it your kitchen? Is it the scallops? What's going on? Do you is like it, scallops? Is it your, yeah, I do. Scallops. I do. I say scallops. Do you say scallops? I think so. Yeah. I don't say them that much. I feel like it's a... I don't love a, scallops. I feel like... Scallops. Well, I feel like it's a Northeast thing. The, the saying of scallops. Saying, yeah. yeah. I don't say it that way. Do you, I mean, do you like... I like them. I like them fried. I like them broiled. I I like them. I, I just once again, it's like on a on a list of top ten things. I'm kind of like. I'll tell you this: if I see them on a, on I will a, say this. Although, like cooking shows, make me not want to eat scallops because it just literally seems like the thing that they go to when they when they're bored. And they're like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh, I'm gonna make like they just go to scallops when they don't have any other thought in their head. I a lot of times I will look for that on an appetizer menu. If there's something with scallops in it, I'll get it. I have. I'm. I tend to be. Um, uh, if I see a pork chop on the menu, I'm pretty much almost guaranteed to to just get down with that. How do you feel about a pork tenderloin? I do like pork tenderloin. I make my, I tend to make that. Yeah, for my wife a lot. Does you do so? Do you where, where do you go? Let's talk about this. Where do you go get your wife's a chef? First of all, yes. So do you feel like cooking for her is intimidating? Not anymore. No, no. Do you where do you go get your tenderloin where do you buy it do you go to like ralph's which is the big supermarket in la or uh you go to a von's you go to a gelson's or do you go to a butcher i go to a butcher oh yeah yeah or there's a there's a store by us where i live called la cookbook oh and it's like a small grocer yeah and they carry stuff from uh they carry like you know they're not like a butcher but they carry certain cuts from i think marin sun farms or something like that yeah which is if you're ever up, I think Marin Sums Farm is where I was. I was at Skywalker, and we were yeah, it um, sounds about right. We were mixing Death, a band called Death, the documentary, and uh, I cut out in the afternoon, and went. I think Marin Sums Farms has like this, like kind of like it has like a place where you can go buy stuff, but it also they make burgers. Yeah, and they are really good. Yeah, yeah. So the you went to. Okay, so you go to the you go to the butcher. What do you do? Do you try do a spice rub on this pork tenderloin you're going to cook? It? Um, what I do is uh, I'll take um, and brine it. Yeah, well, you got to make the brine usually the day before. Yeah, so you're going to brine it for 24 hours. No, no, not with a tenderloin. It's usually more like three or four hours. Okay, a chicken you can do. Yeah, or a turkey. Yeah, yeah so that's like 24 hours. Yeah, I'm thinking. Usually, if you make the brine, I usually like if I was going to make dinner tonight, I would make the brine yesterday mm-hmm. um and then get it to room temperature or put it in the f- fridge and then three or four hours before i'm gonna cook uh i'll put it in the brine and then i'll take it out uh-huh. um and then the way i've been doing is like sort of sear it mm-hmm. um get like a pan and then you sear you turn the oven on 350 sear it um put some uh garlic and rosemary and some stuff in there and then you take a lemon mm-hmm. and you cut it in half i usually get a meyer lemon yep cut it in half and then put it face down <clears throat> okay on the pan yep and then put the whole thing in the oven and finish it oh that sounds good. and then all the, le- the lemon will sort of like caramelize yeah. at the bottom what do you serve that with uh it depends what's your side it dish? depends on the season okay let's say you did it this this week summer probably uh I like I like beans. I like green beans. Okay, I'm a big fan of green beans. You're not gonna put. You're not gonna go starch on that. You don't want to. You don't want any carbs. Um, unnecessary carbs in your system. Not in the summer. No. No. Not in the summer. <laughs> in the right. fall, I probably would. Like uh, maybe roasted potatoes or something like that. I, I would cook. My kitchen is very small where I am right now. We have a pretty good sized kitchen. Yeah, you You've do. You've seen my kitchen. I've seen your kitchen. I've seen also the food you prepare for your dogs, which is better than most of the things I eat. <laughs> I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't know. If, uh, Scott, what Scott does for his dogs is uh, makes essentially what could be considered like a casserole for his dogs. Like there's just oh, it's not delicious looking meat. There's vegetables in there. They eat raw meat. All mashed up. Yeah. They eat raw meat it with looks, some veggies. It looks delicious. I would. Yeah, but the I, veggies are cooked, though, aren't they? Yeah. 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 You're the worst. Why? Because I don't get cooked vegetables. You didn't even offer me any of your dog's food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> I'll know to prepare a bowl. 
<laughs> just put it down. Right on before the floor. my wife just put it down walks the floor. in. I'm like, that's Matt. <laughs> He's eating a bowl of our dog food. Uh, how old are your dogs now? Uh, the one will be one. It's like it's all around the one will be six and one will be seven this year. Oh, they're still. They're yeah, still they're still young. pretty young. You're gonna have them for a while. Yeah. So they're gonna be eating pretty well for. Yeah, and it uh, you know keeps their coats shiny. Oh, is that the goal? Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, they do have very shiny coats. Yeah. You take them out running every day. Yep. That's just a lot of work. Seems like a lot of work. Um, I mean, the feeding takes, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah, but the walking. You got to drive to the place you're going to walk them. I know, but you, you've been on the yeah. walk. It takes me literally like a minute to <laughs> drive there. I feel like that could be half the walk right there. Your one minute drive. You could. Up the terrible hill. I used to walk. I used to walk all the way house to the park and then go around the park and then come back. Oh, that's too much. So that adds like more time. That's an hour to your day. Yeah. Just be like this. Glass. We're in the glass. We're in the glass. We are, as you heard, we're where we do the nerdist usually, which is an E in the lobby, but it's glass, so you can see everybody when they walk. People can see us. Yeah. So sometimes, like, we'll be in here and like John Rivers will walk by. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does she look at you? She does sometimes. She look at you. They like, did a podcast with her last week, and apparently she was great. She's funny. Yeah, no, I didn't get to do it because I was busy. You guys should get Don Rickles. Rickles seems old at this point. I wonder if he can keep up. I mean, of course, it's good Don Rickles. So he sh- you should Don play Rickles. Him that Don Rickles at Don Rickles at eighty percent is better than any of us at hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so. I guess we'll do. It's time for feed breeds. Feed yeah, yeah. Breeds. I brought. I, I, you have I, two. I have two, and yeah. I'm and I'm sticking with the theme of of food. Oh, okay. Because it seemed like right. That would a be a good idea. Thing. Okay. Okay. So I got two. I got. Uh, have you ever read that? Feed breeds. Heat by Bill Buford. No, I've never read it. You never read it? No. It's really good. It's a guy. Um, just fucking. I don't need to make up what it is. Uh. Oh, now it's too long. Basically, this dude who's a writer decides he wants to, like, uh, he's always loved food, but he wants to sort of, like, train and know what it's like to work in a kitchen and stuff. So he actually goes to work in Mario Batali's kitchen in New York. Oh, wow. And he sort of starts at at the bottom, and he kind of makes his way up. And then at a certain point in the book, he, he ends up going to Italy to train with, to stay with the people that, because it goes in the history of Mario Batali and, like, his rise to the ranks and then he went to Italy for a certain period of time and worked for these people and kind of trained and then came back and then opened his restaurants. And so this guy goes back there and sort of does the same thing, learn how to make pasta. And then he goes to work for this famous butcher in Italy, like one of the most famous butchers in Italy. And he learns how to butcher stuff. It's pretty awesome. Does he now have a restaurant? No. Or did he just want to write the book? I think he just wanted to write a book. It seems like a lot of effort to go through to write a book. Yeah, but if you're then again, all books are a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it it's exactly up my alley. It's like I get that idea of being curious about stuff like that. Like I I could totally do that. I could totally go work for a butcher in Italy. That would be fascinating to me. You realize the commute to Italy is worse than it is to Santa Monica. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I might argue that the commute to Italy, at least you end up in Italy. That's true. (laughs) You don't just end up in Santa Monica. Um, So Heat by Bill Buford. It is a nonfiction. An an amateur's adventures as kitchen slave, line cook, pasta maker, and apprentice to a Dante quoting butcher in Tuscany. Oh. It's very... uh, Heat. It's very good heat. Check Let me it tell out. you, that's maybe, is that like a galley copy? Because that cover design is terrible. Um, I would not pick that up and want to read that. Um, I don't know. This is my wife already had this book. Um, obviously, thankfully, we're a radio pro- or a yeah, po- so audio podcast. The, the cover of Heat. <laughs> so how angry you are. It is not a well, it's literally like, it's not that well designed. It's, it's sort of like lacks design at all yeah it's kind of i mean i guess like the heat the last part of the word is melting maybe and then on the side it's you know i never paid attention to it because i usually leave the jackets off when i'm reading now you hate it 
it's pretty uh it's pretty uninspiring. Now here's a better looking jacket. Here is the second recommendation is called Blood, Bones and Butter by Gabriel Hamilton. The inadvertent education of a reluctant chef. And she owns a restaurant in New York that I can't remember the name of. Fuck. Start talking. Okay. Now, this theme here. Of, Prune. Okay, so she's reluctant to learn, whereas Bill Buford wanted to learn. Yes, these are the two extremes. <laughs> Somebody you. who like wanted to learn, and she just sort of learned inadvertently. But uh, she owns a restaurant called Prune, and it's kind of like how she came to become a chef and open a restaurant. Um, Blood, Bones, and Butter is an unflinching and lyrical work. Gabriel Hamilton's story is told with... I don't want to read that. It's good. You should read it. The uh, Anthony Bourdain... Recommends. And Mario Batali. Oh. That's two two of the names. The big names. In Those it. are two big names. But I... You know you know what? It doesn't matter that they like it. What yeah, matters is I like Scott it. Scott likes it. Yeah. And it's part of Fee Breeze. I don't know why I'm not on the book. Have you thought about writing a book? I would love to write a book. I just don't know what I would write. I don't know what I would, you know. I, th- I feel like your story is pretty interesting. What story? Of your life, I feel like it's pretty interesting. I feel like you've had an interesting life. Have I? Yeah. I feel like you've bounced <laughs> around the Northwest. Then you end up going to, uh, you know, film school. Then you end up making movies. Then That's you true. quit movies. Then you go back to movies. <laughs> Then I'd go to podcasting. Then you're in podcasting. I think it's pretty interesting. I would read a Scott Mosier book. Weren't we talking the other day? We were just like, we were going to, one idea for the show is that one show you were going to interview me, and then yeah. the next show I was going to interview you. Yeah, well, let's do that next week. Let people weigh in. Yeah, we'll do that next week. Have you checked the email? I have it on the, if you want to grab it right now, I can read one. Sure. Do you have a book too to Big recommend? Bag. Sure. He doesn't have a book to recommend. What That's that why I brought name? two. What is that? <laughs> I brought two books to recommend because Matt, you have stickers on your computer. I do. I do have stickers on my computer. There's a Nerdist sticker. Yep. And there's a NASA sticker. That's the last space shuttle launch. And then there's Picard with his head in his hands. Yep. Like he's that's face palm, face palm Picard. <clears throat> and then there's some main nine thirty talent Nerdist. It's a badge from a show. Yep. It is a badge what from show? the Washington D.C. Nerdist show. Yeah. The 930 Club. What was your favorite show? Favorite show that we've done? That's tough. Uh, they're all pretty great. There's a couple I don't remember because I was too drunk. Yeah, I have that. Um, I have blackouts. Not in a long time, though. We literally got to Portland, mm-hmm. and there was four boxes of voodoo donuts backstage. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did you take those down? I had it a little bit. Yeah. I'm not, that's like my one, I don't crave, and especially like donuts, which have that, they're really sugary sweet. I'm not, that's not really my, uh, it's not my ball of wax. Uh, 96 emails, Scott. Just read the latest one. All right, guys, looking forward to August and more Phoebe, hopefully. I was working the other day and noticed that Phoebe can also be interpreted as a hexadecimal value. Don't know if you know about that kind of thing, though. You know how binary is ones and zeros or two values? Well, hexadecimal has 16 values, so the numbers range from zero to F, where A equals 10, B equals 11, and F equals 15. So if you convert your podcast name into numbers using hexadecimal, you get 65,195. I'm sure you're as excited as I am. Giddy, even. Nah, no one really cares. But I just thought that little thought out of my head. Later, Ross the boss. I uh, I like that piece of information. Thanks, Ross the boss. Yeah, that's a good email. Uh, As opposed to an email, it's like, why the fuck haven't you recorded another show? Or you guys suck? Or have you ever thought of trying to be funny? Who's who thought of trying to be funny? What? Oh, I said oh that's one of our emails. Yeah. Hi, Phoebe. Love your show and enjoy the, your respective podcast. Speaking of which, hypothetical Clement time. Hypothetical. Okay. 
in regards to the creation of Phoebe, let's say in a fit of, oh, yeah, Kevin Smith and Chris Harvick joined forces to host their own podcast together. Not to be outdone, what's this? Jonah, Ray, and Ralph Garman in a more of a fuck you guys fashion follow suit and create their own show. Finally, Chris and Kev, to reassert their power, force Jason Mewes and Will Wheaton to host their own podcast. What will each of these three podcasts be called, and which one would you want to actually exist? If if Chris and Kevin were to have a podcast together, yeah, I don't think either of them would stop talking. It would be a twenty four hour. It would be a twenty four hour, three hundred sixty five day podcast. It might be because it's like, who would say the last thing? Oh, last word with with Kevin and Chris. Yeah. There you go. That's the name I of that literally one. Never st- yeah, the last word. Last word. We just gave it to you guys. We just gave just it to you. In case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, let's see. Uh, Jonah and Ralph Garman. Uh, what would that one be called? Uh, wow. Those are two very... Stubborn and curmudgeon. Stubborn and curmudgeon. You can figure out who's who. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm I don't gonna know that one either. And Muse and Will Wheaton. Uh, wow. What was his name on? What was Wheaton's name on? Wesley Star- Crusher. Wesley Crusher. Really? What would the name of that one be? Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That would be fun. Unlikely with Will and Jay. That would. That's that was a fun email. Thanks for that, Luke. Luke, uh, we got an invitation to join LinkedIn. Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, Come on, one more. Okay, okay, here we go. Bang it out. Uh, on episode four, you guys talked about ghost soldiers uh, recounting the death march in World War II and the Ranger rescue mission. I did. Well, my great uncle was in that march and lived through it all and was at my grandma's wedding. He lost a large section of his colon, had it replaced with a red-hot water bottle that hung outside of him. That makes sense. I've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, When he got back to the States, he had a properly colostomy bag and all. My mom started a WordPress site with info about Oliver and pics and stuff. Check it out. Uh, the I'll give out the website right now. This is from Patrick Davis. Uh, if you want to check out more information about uh, going along with Ghost Soldiers, the from Fee Reads last month uh, by Hampton Sides. By Hampton Sides, it is Oliver Hoover P O W nineteen forty one dot wordpress dot com. Oliver Hoover P O W nineteen forty one spelled exactly like the vacuum cleaner. I am gonna go check that out. Yeah. Uh, cool. Thank wow. you, Patrick. That was good. And uh, let's see. What else do we got? These are actually pretty decent emails. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Don't disappoint us, everyone. It uh, saves us from having to be So, yeah, if, if you want to be part of a feed mail, feed, feed bag, we're calling it feed bag, right? Feed bag, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can Strap email us. Strap on the feed bag. <laughs> Four eyes and beard at gmail.com. That was too obvious. What yeah. Just said. I saw you were thinking about it, and you were like, I'm not going to say feedback. I'm like, you were going to do it, and I said no, because you thought better of it. Yeah. And then you let me you watched go. My, you watched my process. You, you let me part of my do process. It. You let me be cheap. Hey, Matt and Scott. And easy. <laughs> just wanted to say thank you for entertaining podcast. Listen to Smodcast and Nerdist for a long time now, and now Phoebe. Podcast helped me get through the day. I look forward to hearing uh, the next. As a way to say thanks, I wanted to share this panoramic view of a dust storm that blew through the Phoenix area today. Holy shit. This is amazing. Yeah, wow. you'll have to take a look over here. Uh, give a size comparing the white building to the right of the hospital. Is the hospital. Post that on Holy the Tumblr site shit. that we never ever... That is amazing. Well, maybe now that we have an episode, we'll fucking update it. We'll post... Uh, well, we need to post the books, and then you can post that picture. I love it. Uh... Did you bring the cards? Yeah, you know what? I think they're at my, at my desk. Fuck. I'm the worst person in the world. What else are we going to talk about? Uh, please update Phoebe soon. What can we talk? Let's talk about, uh, let's see. 
Oh, boy. It's probably we need to cut this part out. It's got to be like the worst sign in a podcast where you're like, what else should we talk about? No, I mean, well. It's like making a movie and like, and when you have characters actually sleep in movies. I went to the Greek. I'll tell you that. Okay. I went to the Greek on Tuesday. Saw Regina Spector. Yeah, how was that? It was great. It was... Uh, the one up in Griffith Park? Yeah, which is a fantastic venue if you're in LA and you've ever... Yeah, I've seen a couple of people there. It's pretty fun. What was cool about it was the just everyone was really quiet during her songs. Nice. And then politely applauded after the songs. I saw Phil Lesh. And Friends? Yeah. I was like... Was this with your old girlfriend who yeah, followed yeah. the Grateful Dead around? <laughs> she, was, um, she was totally in the Grateful Dead. And uh, it was like, it was me trying to kind of be like, all right, I'll try this. I'll try it. Yeah. I'll try to get into it. And it didn't work. It's, I, I it was a, the opposite experience where I literally, it was like the moment where I was looking around and I was like, I have nothing in common. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying the 20 minute not you. star, star log. That, I, that gets to me. I don't really have that. And know. I, you know, I like the, I go to Dave Matthews band shows a lot. I'm going in yeah, September. Uh, and sometimes they will do a just fucking a jam for 25 minute version of two-step or something and it's just like and you don't like it i don't i don't need it to be 20 if it's eight minutes if you double the length of the song if I'm you okay double with it, it it's okay and if you double the length of the album song i'm fine with that they just jam is it basically like they just sing a ly- lyric and then they just jam for 10 yeah minutes? yeah yeah i don't like i'm not that's not my i have my, a 44 minute version of a song on my computer at home they did a forty-four minute version. Yeah, I believe it's of uh, of forty number forty-one. Is it good? I don't know. Do you like you meandering? Do you like meandering in the middle? Um, I don't know. I hope people. I hope everyone There's listening does. Five and a half minutes. Of, <laughs> 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 they better. Yeah. This is Feeve, everybody. Yeah. Forty-one minutes of one idea. Well, hey, doesn't. You know, we're back. I think we're we need to keep going. Yeah, if we just keep going, then they'll get better. We can't hopefully. pause because we sort of we're hitting our stride a little bit. And yeah, then, and then things change. But yeah. we're gonna keep going. Uh, we're gonna keep going probably forever. So, or at least until Scott probably dies. will never end. At least until Scott dies. What about when you die? I'm not dying You're not first. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm not dying first. Are you saying I'm gonna die first because yeah. I'm older? No, just because you take more risks than I do. Like what? Walking outside. You walk outside. Uh, okay. Uh, wooded areas you've been probably more of those than i, I have. do i hike yeah so that, i've seen rattlesnakes and yeah i've never seen a rattlesnake stuff like that Almost except in a zoo stepped on one if you had stepped on the rattlesnake what do you think would have happened um i mean if if, if i had stepped on it, there's a good chance it might have bit me yeah yeah i could have killed it i could have killed it when yeah. i stepped on it i don't know if i got killed it when i stepped on it. step on the head i suppose you'd kill it yeah i don't think they would have let you I don't think, would, I think they're quick. <laughs> I think they're aware of humans as a thing. I think they're like, if you step on them, they're going to like act defensively. What do you think snakes think of humans? Do you think like they're, they, they talk like to each big, other? They look like a big thing. Yeah, do you know? think they're like, hey, there are these giants out there. These There's giant things. Giant things, and we're going to bite them. Yeah, we have to bite them. We can't allow them. You do have to think from their perspective. It's like we're fucking terrifying. Yeah, right? Yeah. But it's still. like if I saw a polar bear on, yeah. it, on its on its hind legs behind me, I would just assume I'd be like, I gotta fucking bite this thing. <laughs> that's your... I would die. It's your mode. I would yeah. use a shotgun. You could do that. Yeah. That's just like... But the... the that's just, unfair. Just the idea that the... They communicate. Snakes... Let's say snakes communicate to each other. Okay. They're ballsy, first of all. How are they ballsy? For biting us. Well, they're defending Because we're themselves. so much bigger than them. They're def- they gotta do something. Run. Without legs. They, 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 they slither in the other direction. They have a, you, if you, if something comes after you, it's like sometimes you, it's, you know, flight or, you know, if they feel like they can't go. Yeah. Fight or flight. You just said it. But if flight, it's, but if something's flight. big, yeah. right? Like yeah. if you're in the water, say, okay. And there's a shark, well, why? right? You know, you can't outswim it. Right. Correct. Yeah. So if you're, if you're smart, you don't just try to swim mm-hmm. because you're basically like, you know, depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Depending on like where it's at, it's like if you know you can't outrun something, you better you better stop and and start to put together a defense plan. Yeah. So what's your shark defense plan? Uh, you gonna bite it? 
No, I wouldn't bite it. I, I, you know, I don't know. I guess there's like, you know, you try to hit it in the nose or yeah, I'll punch it in the nose. Or, I don't know. I don't have a great plan. <laughs> I didn't know I was. You know, we should probably formulate a plan. Write it down. Yeah, I think you're supposed to. I mean, you're supposed to try to. I mean, I, uh, you are supposed to try to punch it in the nose. I think you are supposed to. I try think to that's punch the thing you're supposed to do. I don't think that you, I, I think that a shark attack, though, is rarely about like, oh, there's a shark coming at me and I have time to like think about my plan. I think a shark attack is more just like, hey, man, it's awesome being in the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What's that? Ow. <sighs> did you get, you got Jaws on Blu-ray? I did. How many times have you watched it? I have, I've watched through the special features. Yeah. And I've watched some of the movie. How, how good does it look better than you've ever it seen it? It looks incredible. It blows your mind. No, it looks genuinely the stuff the the stuff that's remastered with care on Blu-ray is is just fascinating. Yeah. Just like the just the the detail. Detail they can grab from 35 millimeter. Yeah. And I watched the there there's a very short documentary on there about the process of them redoing it. Uh-huh. And they scan the original film negative. Yes. In a in a in a wet gate. They wet gated it. Yeah. So like each frame got scanned on water to take away the scratches. Yeah. Whatever the hell the liquid solvent, whatever that is, whatever yeah. the solution is. And then uh And then they went in and yeah. restored Yeah, and they went in and restored it in computers. Fixed all the stuff that yeah. they couldn't do yeah. through a wet gate process. Yeah. For scratches. It was pretty amazing. Like it was pretty amazing. Just watching them paint frame by frame, like pulling two like oh, this frame with Larry Vaughn, Mayor Vaughn coming out of the hardware store is uh really scratched up so they take a, the frame before it and the frame after that and kind of Ex try to combine whatever they can out of there yeah like do you know where like the negative where's the original film negative of clerks you know where that is it's gotta be in a vault mm, right wow i think it's in a vault in new jersey in new jersey yeah so it's not like in like the miramax vault or whatever it might be they had a vault in jersey i don't remember it's weird because we technically own it's it's a they technically own it, but it's like they license. Like, I know that in twenty five years, all the um, all the foreign rights revert back to us. In twenty five years from now, or no. do you mean in four years? In no, I think it's it, in it's, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We can fucking go back out and be like. Are you ready, France? <laughs> France, you need it. <laughs> I know you've had access to this for 25 years. <laughs> Dante's kind of a French name. Enjoy it. They called it, uh, they didn't call it clerks there because there's no such thing as a clerk. What did they call it? It was called like uh, cat register, cash register, something or other. Le Shop. It wasn't called the shop. It was like there. It was like Cahier or something like that. I the, forget what it was called, but it wasn't like there was a bunch of foreign territories where they just didn't have a word yeah. for clerks. So they were like they didn't call it that. But like so, but like the, the but that kind of thing's interesting to me as far as like where where that is. You know what I mean? And that's the negative that you cut by hand, right? I didn't cut the negative. No. Well, I mean, okay. you don't cut the negative. You made a print from the thing that you cut. We made work print, and then you, you edit, and then you. Deliver the work print, and then somebody, and then someone makes the negative. Somebody makes the cuts the negative. So where's the work print? I think that you could just have. Kevin somewhere. definitely has the work print. Wow, because the work. I mean, we had to deliver everything to Miramax technically, yeah. so they probably have it somewhere. But I thought that he might have had it. I mean, the actually the work print, which is t awful. I mean, it's a fucking one light work print. So yeah, really ugly. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that is, but the the negative, someone's got it. And I can't remember. I I assume they it was like a you give it to a negative cutter, which is so fucking weird. Like I, like this profession that was like like I don't even it barely exists now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it I haven't used exist. a negative cut. Well, I haven't used a negative cutter in like forever. Now I mean, what does a negative cutter do? Uh, the he takes the work print. Yeah, basically, you know, all f film had uh, key codes on. Yeah. Like there was these like like these sort of numbers. And you could go through and be like plus or negative, like this number, blah, blah, blah. So, and it, it, what happened is like in the old days, you'd go through the work print and make, and you would match it up. And then the Avid had a way to import that information. So then you could just actually spit out a list. 
Although the net cutter would still literally sit there with the list with the key codes, ins and outs, and the work print and go through it, and they basically match wow. them up. And they cut the negative. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm pretty sure, I haven't thought about it in so long, but my memory is that they A-B it. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's there's two rolls. Um, or they, because I, I, I swear they don't hot splice them together. Or they do hot splice them together. But that's the weird thing. Like, if you ever were like, oh, we got to expand a shot. Like, yeah. if you ever cut negative and then you're like, oh, fuck, we need this shot to be longer. It's like you've lost effectively frames. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you lose those frames because you've cut the negative. And I think when we were doing Jay and Bob, we were doing, like, visual effect shots, and there were, like, times where I think there was an instance where we had cut, like, we had cut negative, and we had to, like, expand it. We had to, like... But once again, kind of, like, they can just sort of create frames yeah. that sort of represent those middle... The, they can sort of... By that point, they could sort of make a missing frame. Wow. But yeah, we used to go... I remember... It was always nerve-wracking, too, because you were just like, they could fuck shit up. Yeah. It was always terrifying. That's why I think also I remember shooting film was just like... You would shoot film and you'd always wait for the negative report to come back from the from the lab. And sometimes they'd call and be like, uh, so this whole reel like got flashed when the dude was, you know, putting it back in the unload, you know, doing, or the mag had a crack in it and yeah. the whole thing's flashed, you know, and you'd kind of review it and it was totally fucked. I remember on Jersey girl, we did a, there was a sequence in central park with the little girl mm-hmm. and there was like a, something about like a, a filter or a piece of glass in the steady cam. There was like this based on the specific angle and where the sun was, the, the light was hitting. There was two pieces of glass, and that space in between was creating a, a ghost image. Oh wow! So like we were just watching the dailies, and we're like, "Fuck!" And literally, somebody had to go in and like, like you can't tell now, but literally they had to go in and like, and you sit there and you make that decision. We're like, "How much would it cost to digitally it, remove yeah. it, and how much would it cost to reshoot it?" And it was like the last day of shooting. Uh So these guys had to go in and hand paint it out. That sounds awful. I didn't do it. <laughs> that would have been a very quick conversation. So, like, I have to physically go on and do it. <laughs> well, we're reshooting it. Although I have, like, that's I, I'm I'm I, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm good at like task stuff like that. Well, the thing that's fa- fascinating. There's a long documentary on the Jaws Blu-ray called "The Shark Is Still Working." You, you, like, yeah, you know the, the dudes that, made you know it. The dudes that made yeah. that, right? They uh, they went to uh, Verna Fields. Verna was the editor of Jaws they went to her house and these this couple owns the house now and in the backyard in the shed is all her shit is still there wow like her editing rig is it's like falling apart now and you open up the canister and like her demo reel is in there like they she has a you know film cooler or whatever the hell it's called like a film locker film locker. yeah yeah and in there is like her demo reel and some other stuff like that and the actual machine that she cut it on the cam yeah the- is sitting at this house in, in in sherman oaks wow and like it's just like and they own it they own it because they bought the house and the stuff was in the house and they just left it in and there? i'm just like why not why haven't they turned into a museum turn either turn into a museum or you know contact some jaws fans and get that fucking machine refurbished yeah you know i mean what's their take on it they're like here's the shit she left behind now they're like well we'd like to someday get it restored and fucking kickstarter that I'll do it. I'll donate a thousand bucks. Are you saying that right now? Yeah. If they You're fucking saying, kickstart that shit, or here's here's the better thing: sell me the machine. You want? Is that you? You'd be ready for that? Yeah. Sell me the machine, and I will get it refurbished. And then what are you going to do with it? Keep it, or loan it out to whenever the fucking AFI museum opens up, or uh, Motion Academy of Motion Picture Sciences. Is that what's going on, Lachma? I don't know. You know that department store on the end of at Fairfax and Wilshire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's being turned into a movie museum. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. That's part of LACMA. Sweet. So don't you think the thing a thing that could be in there would be the thing that Jaws was cut on? I, yeah, for sure. And it's a piece of history. And it won the Academy Award and for And it's a piece of history that no one uses anymore. Yeah. I started on those. Did you really? Yeah, we started, we cut 
clerks and mall rats on film. When I started, uh, we were editing a videotape. I never had to cut film. We were just around the, we were like right at the end yeah. of film and Avid was just kind of starting up. Media 100 was the first thing I learned on digital wise. I never really learned uh, video like tape to tape. Yeah. I did like one or two things, but mostly we did film and then we jumped to Avid on Chasing Amy. Yeah. And then that was it. Chasing Amy was 16 millimeter. Super 16. Yeah, you guys didn't shoot 35. Super 16, then we had to blow it up. How about, what would that do to the resolution? It, you know, there's definitely like grain. Yeah. You know, you get a grainier image. Um, I'm trying to think. I think a movie just recently did that shot in Super 16. Like How's, a fairly, a fairly, um, how were the Blu ray transfers? released. Uh, I've never. I, I. You haven't looked at them. No, I think I started watching the Clerks one a little bit. Yeah, I've watched a few of them. It's weird to watch. It's it's like it would be like if we left here and you gave me a cassette of this, I'd be like, oh, a cassette. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna listen to it. Yeah, like I just don't. I don't yeah. really want to listen. Like listening or watching back, it's like just I don't know. Like the Portland show I just did. I think it's like we just did a show in Portland. It seemed really great, and I'm like, you know what? That seemed really great and now i have this memory in my head yeah and so if i listen back i'm like oh man, it wasn't as funny as i thought i was or yeah you don't want to ruin it yeah I just like wanna... i've never seen the nerdist tv show i have have you watched it really i watched the first one the christmas one that was the, that was the second one all right the I uh skipped the first one that's all right but yeah and i've never watched it and it's been airing every week for the last four weeks and i've never watched it because i was there seeing things get watching the completed stuff to me is sort of like not that interesting yeah once I'm like I like the process of doing it but that's about it it's a good way to end Phoebe I think yeah don't go out on a joke go out on a yeah go out on a profound Scott thought I don't know if that was profound Scott thought Scott, that I don't think that was profound. Uh, it doesn't have to be profound. If we well, say it, it is, profound. they think it is. I don't think anyone thinks that's <laughs> profound. One of our listeners literally broke our fucking name of our show into a binary math <laughs> language, and I'm literally just like, I just, you know, I don't want to watch it when I'm done. That's my profound thought. I'm trying to think of what I do now. Do I just hit pause on this or what? Here, I'm going to hit pause. We should say goodbye. No, I'm just going to hit pause on the bottom machine. Oh, well, let's say goodbye anyway. Thanks for listening to Feeb. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back right in a, away. In a fortnight. What does that mean? Is that two weeks? Is a fortnight a two, two weeks? I think so. Sure. We'll be back in a fortnight. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.